I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. I am Jordan. I have with me Kyle, and we have with us Dominic Yoni. Uh, he is a mellifluous musician, and you may find him in this, your local Florida open mic night, or by day you may know him as the editor and form moderator for Inside EVs, as well as one of the pillar hosts who helps keep the show on track, or tries to, while the other gentlemen just blab on about. <laughs> Anyways, Dom, welcome to the show. Welcome hey, to our you. kind of guest series. Um, of course, we've done many podcasts with you over on inside evs but it's fun to have you over here and kind of hear a bit more about what you do um a lot of people go to inside evs and we covered news as well on our show not ev centric necessarily but not everyone knows where you come from how'd you get there um so do you want to touch on that first of all he's from the canadian side of the border oh yes (laughs) that explains half of the intricacies of dom right there (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And where where in Canada are you from? So I was born in uh, Toronto, but I grew up in uh, on the East Coast in New Brunswick, uh, rural New Brunswick. And then I moved to Montreal for like 11 years. And then I moved down here. And uh, oh, by the way, I'm just showing off. Nice. My yeah. What cheers. are you guys drinking, by the way? <laughs> this is a Pilsner Urkel. It's a Czech beer, the original Pilsner, I believe. Nice. It was, it was a two for one. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yep. I uh, I have a Menagia Alaba Sangiovese, which is a an old world style red wine from Italy. That was amazing pronunciation. <laughs> I'm drinking yeah. some good old Kentucky straight bourbon. Which 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 Kentucky straight bourbon? I like some uh, it's not my favorite. It's a very basic basil Hayden. Uh, not, okay. not what I would typically go for. Just had some in the house. Made a pretty good dent in the bottle, considering this isn't one of my favorite whiskeys. <laughs> right. I need to try that. I mean, it's one of those ones I, I look at sometimes. I don't think I've actually bought that. I usually go for like Bullet or... Angel's Envy is the jam. That's Are Kyle's they? favorite. Is, yep. How much is that? Is that like $50 uh, bottle? It, 
yeah, it, it, like this might be like $10 cheaper, $5 cheaper for the same amount, but it's got like a fancier bottle, which to me seems a little gaudy. I'm not into this metal strip. Right. I like a nice, honest bottle of whiskey. And to me, Angel's Envy is, <laughs> it, it is, com, you know, commercial grade. It's not specialized. There's so many better, you know, weird, uh, uh, I guess, I don't know the right word for it, but uh, artisan whiskey. Yeah, it's delicious have. without being intricate. It's like chilies. <laughs> you just know it's going to be good every time you go. I've never been to chilies. <laughs> I, I went there for lunch today. I love chilies. <laughs> Classic. So, right. Dom, what? Right. I guess what brought you to the U.S. first of all? And um, where did you go first? So, I have dual citizenship because my father was American. So, I always had the option of moving to the States. And I was just tired of, you know, being unemployed in Montreal. And then my sister invited me down here <laughs> to Florida to visit. And, uh, you know, Florida turned out to be a lot nicer than I kind of expected it to be. And I ended up like just staying basically. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I just got a, you know, job driving a truck, delivering auto parts at nighttime and, and, you know, listening to the radio and driving 400 miles a day. And yeah, I loved it. Actually, it was great. So what part of Florida did you originally move to? Because I've been to your house in Tallahassee, and it's wonderful. Yes. The steepest driveway known to man. I mean, that yeah. driveway does not exist here in Colorado because it would be impassable in the wintertime. Oh, yeah, I remember no, you can do this in the winter. No. You got to go like extra handbrake. Like it must be a 100-degree slope. It's a 45-degree angle almost. Yeah, I would say it's about 45, just about 45, maybe 40. Yeah, I mean, it's a, when I say 100 degree slope, I meant to say 100% slope. It's really unbelievable. Like when I say it's steep, I don't mean like, oh, you have a steep driveway. I mean, like you look at the moon on this thing. <laughs> Why did you buy a house with such a crazy driveway? Well, <laughs> it was cheap and it was a, you know, it was like, yeah, I did a lot of shopping for this house and because we were living in, like in a, in a trailer before. And uh, yeah. for like when I first moved here, you know, I just lived in the trailer and whatever it was fine but then i got married so i needed a proper house and so we did a lot of shopping around and yeah this was on the market good price and it's a nice house like i it was awesome right, yeah. it was a beautiful backyard I a and the driveway is a non-issue in florida you really don't get snow more than do you even get snow uh, it doesn't stick on the ground every once in a while it'll fall but it doesn't stick on the ground yeah i was gonna right, say so you're not going flying down in your spark ev you don't have no. to worry about that yeah, Could the driveway play a, a, a part in determining what car you own? Like, is there a breakover angle you need to? I mean, is some, the breakover angle is something you need to consider, you know? <laughs> really, if it, was, if it was like a super low car with a super long wheelbase, it might not work. But uh, so I drive a Sparky, uh, 2015 Spark EV, Chevy Spark EV, and it's got a short wheelbase and it breaks over real easy and, it's, and it drives up in there. And my other vehicle is a uh, 1988 Ford Ranger uh, nice. STX four-wheel drive. So it's got... I think it's uh, something like uh, around two inches of lift from the factory. So it, it's plenty high and it, it goes yeah. over there. And it's oh, a manual, right? It is a manual. Oh, yeah. That's excellent. Truck. It's, it's like driving a tractor. It's been a while since I've driven. <laughs> I need to replace the battery. Well, you got to cycle it and let it move. You know, I, I actually haven't driven. I, I have one of these Sprinter camper vans and I hadn't driven it in since I think we took it to rescue the Model 3. So it's been almost a month. And okay. started it up and gave it, I don't know, three minutes just to warm up and think about life and backed it out of the garage and then stalled right in the middle of the road. And I was yep. like, well, this is a brand new 2021 vehicle that just stalled. What kind of crap is this? And I was like, wow, you really got to drive these combustion vehicles. They just do not like to sit. 
Yeah, mine's been sitting a bit longer than that. I went to take it out a while back to do some. I usually do it. I usually pull it out when I my friend calls up and they need to move something. You know, it's like a, a truck. I'm the friend with the truck. What do you think about the Ford Maverick hybrid? Because that's a small truck, kind of like yours. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I, I really like it. It's, I mean, it's affordable. I mean, that's really the great part. You know, the price is like a twenty thousand neighborhood or close to it to start with, and you know, it's small. It's uh, unpretentious. It does work. It's got great gas mileage. You know, it's I'm, I'm you know I'm an electric vehicle guy. It's not electric, but you know, there's no there's nothing comparable in the electric market, and there won't be for a while. So I think it's a, you know it's a, it's a great vehicle. And then when you look at those in sort of mass deployment, if people are switching from their, you know, regular F-150s or stuff and downsizing, I think from a a CO2 standpoint, it's really doing a lot to reduce emissions. We, the reason I bring it up is we tested it last week and I think Jordan and I both fell in love with this truck. And I think the best way to describe it was how you did, which is it's an unpretentious vehicle that just goes about its business. It's no frills, but it's also not, bad to be in like that the best no, interior. someone in person it looks it looks fine yeah yeah i really like it but i think that brings me on to what, what's why are evs so expensive and and what do we do it you know even the used market's gone crazy do you remember dominic because you've been covering evs let i think maybe we should touch i'm getting too excited talking about cars but you originally when you got into the automotive business were you know, you were driving your truck around delivering parts, but right. but you got into Autoblog Green. Is that? Yeah, Autoblog. I, I, so I started writing with Autoblog Green. I had never really wrote before that, and um, uh, just after Katrina, it was uh, you know the saw the was uh, so, could, so Katrina happened, and you know it was really a, a weather event that was you know a lot of global warming issues sort of you know was placed on put under that banner or whatever anyway it got me thinking about you know how can we reduce our carbon in transportation so i you know i just you know read, read as much as i could on the internet and looked at different alternatives like diesel and and this and that biodiesel and uh, ethanol and this electric seemed like the best thing so you know i started reading autoblog green and they did, had a lot of electric vehicle news it, there weren't a whole lot of electrical vehicles at the time but um yeah, so I just read a lot, and I would then eventually I would comment a lot, and and you know, and then eventually they asked for uh, submissions for our writers, and I said, well, why not? And so I sent them like a really terrible <laughs> article; it was so bad, and uh, they still hired me anyway. That's great. So who was running Autoblog Green back then? Because John Neff was doing the the full Autoblog site, right? Right. And we've it's had a- him on this program before. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. John was running Autoblog, but then Sebastian Blanco ran Autoblog Green. Okay, is he yeah. still kicking around? Oh yeah, he's uh yeah, and he's I think he's going to be doing some stuff for Inside EVs too. I think I'm not really sure exactly, mm-hmm. but I I've seen him just recently. He's been freelancing a lot, and uh, he does regular work for here and there. I forget Forbes, maybe I, I forget exactly, but yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, so you you submitted articles, and then at what point? Did it turn from a hobby of writing about electric cars and sharing your passion of efficiency and reducing, you know, our load on climate to obviously what, what's interesting about you is you're, you're very much focused on, on our uh, climate, but also performance. <laughs> you, yeah, you, well, you, I you like performance. Work. Yeah. I, and yeah. so electric's really perfect because you get all the power and stuff. But at what point did you take this from, 
okay, I'm, I'm doing this for fun to this is now my full-time job to be working in the auto industry. Right. Well, it was a part-time job for me for years. I mean, I just, you know, I would just write, you know, three, four articles a day or whatever it was for Audubon Green. And then that kind of petered up over time, you know, the, the, the uh, editors and chiefs changed. It, it changed from Audubon Green, went away and it was just, I was just working for Audubon and which is fine. But uh, I don't know. I just wasn't quite as engaged. And eventually I quit and because uh, I got a job to like in a regular job that my driving job went away I, my job driving job changed a few times you know it was driving for an independent parts distributor uh, then a different one and then i was driving for fedex at night doing a shuttle run and that didn't really pay well um and so then i got an office job doing like uh, cad cam kind of stuff uh which i you know they trained me for i just learned how to do it in about six months of that and uh, john neff called me up who was the former editor-in-chief of Autoblog and asked me if I wanted to help start a, an, a forum, an electric vehicle forum for inside EVs. And I said, okay, um, sure. How, how long ago was that? Uh, three years, four years. I'm not really sure now. Maybe it's four years now. I think it must be four years because I got involved three years ago and you were already involved by then. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, I really didn't expect it to uh, to work because you know, forums, internet forums are really like you know, '90s and two thousand, early two thousands kind of uh, deal. You know, everyone's on Facebook now, a Facebook groups for this kind of information. But uh, you know, I think the forums still have a have a good place and have a lot to offer. But you know, they're they're overshadowed, I think, a little by uh, by Facebook a lot now. But yeah, it's interesting because I think a lot of people they they are mutually exclusive in terms of how they can exist because the amount of people I meet that just don't have Facebook or don't care or Facebook to them is how to interact with friends and family. And then there's me who, like you said, I use Facebook as my forum place. I am just right. in 300 groups. I mean, OEM wheels on different makes and models, headlight spotting on RVs, like every group you can think of has been come up with and headlight, it's on Facebook. Headlight spotting on RVs. <laughs> really? That's the best group on Facebook. Should we explain this? Yeah, Kyle, explain it. <laughs> I mean, okay, so there's a there's a group on Facebook, and there's a group for everything. One of a couple of my favorites, one I bring up a lot, is foreign market car sightings, which are cars in places of the world where they were never intended to be. So whether it's right hand drive Japanese stuff or like a suburban in downtown Shanghai, uh, really interesting things. But this one is great specifically because we have a lot of different RV makers here in the U.S. And a lot of them are hodgepodge together with whatever DOT approved parts you can get. So the idea of this group is to guess what headlights and taillights they used on the RVs going down the road. Because a lot oh, of these nice. RV makers don't have enough volume to produce their own lighting designs. Right. No, no, no. You, you just buy whatever you can get on the, on the yeah, so market. Like some yeah. of them use, a lot of them use like Chevy Tahoe headlights. Sure. <laughs> That makes sense. And so you'll see like Chrysler 300 rear taillights on a RV. Yeah, yeah awesome. Parts so, you, are you good with checking? Are you good with that? Can you look at like an, at an RV and figure out what kind of headlights they, they have, Jordan? I'm pretty good, uh, but there are some people I'm that not. are majorly better at it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not great at it. I just get entertainment out of it. I, but I like Kyle said. I love the foreign market car spotting one. I've even posted a few times because it was great. Because I found it. Like the the day after I saw Volkswagen Amarok in Boulder, Kyle yep. told me about that group. And I was like, oh, finally a place I could post these photos in. Because I was like, what do I do with this picture? No one's going to care. Literally no one's right. going to, everyone's going to be like, oh, you posted a picture of a pickup truck. But then there's these people who are like super nerds 
and want to see foreign cars and other markets. And so right. that's the place for it. But like I said, a lot of people, and you know, I'm really deep in the Miata communities. I run a few Miata that's groups true. and stuff on Facebook and there's a huge percentage that are in the Venn diagram that don't overlap people who are only on Facebook and in Miata groups and then people who only go to the forums in the Miatas. And I think that's probably true for any vehicles. I mean, there's just people that don't care about Facebook, so it can't be the only platform. And I think forums are, can often be easier to search. Um, if you're just going, because people are a lot, a lot of times going to Google and just saying such and such, and that's not usually going to parse through like a Facebook group, especially if it's private. Right. And a lot of them are versus forums. Like I have found a lot of value in forums from the Miata stuff because I'm looking for the wiring diagram for the head unit of a 2012 Miata. And that's, I, I don't know where I'd find that in Facebook unless I'm already in the group versus someone right. who's a prospective buyer, maybe would not necessarily go to Facebook first. Yeah. I got into forums uh, with my Ranger basically because Rangers, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't say high maintenance, but you know, things go wrong and I have an SDX and it's very particular. It's got, you know, very particular suspension parts that the other Ford Rangers don't have. And so to get the information I needed, I needed to go, you know, search through forums to find what I needed. So I got familiar with them there. And then yeah. I just explored more of those later on with like a, the Tesla, Tesla Motors Club was a great forum, especially at the beginning. Uh, Aptera had a, there was an Aptera forum that was pretty colorful pretty interesting yeah. pretty busy yeah i like that nice. that was good why, that was nice why do you think the aptera forum would they're not publicly traded right i mean it went away a long time ago that forum oh, it okay. died it, so you this know was their that, first the first run yeah, yeah. in the 2010 12 ish they're getting they're letting people drive them now i think next time we go to cali we'll be able to set up a drive right jordan yeah you might forest... get into like a beta vehicle i think that's what they have going now right yeah For, forest drove one. it and we, he was pretty disappointed with the quality, but it was, you know, pre-production. And there's yes. a, pre-production can mean barely running or basically production. And we've seen every part of that spectrum. So I think that would be fun to drive. So I think they're in, what, San Diego, something like that? Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think they're pretty easy. rough as far as, you know, they're not really finishing <laughs> the, the software. It's not, you know, it's, it's just kind of cool put together. Design. I mean. Yeah, I love the design. Yeah, they they released some new sketches I think earlier this week uh, on Sunday actually, uh, and I just found about them actually on a forum. There's a one Aptera guy member who's you know he he's the only person I think we have really in our Aptera. So our the inside EV's forum has like a, a sub forum for most of the major uh, makes and models of cars of electric cars, and mm -hmm. Aptera has its own sub forum now, and so but he's basically the only guy in there for the most part you know he does like the major merge he kind of keeps things going so if you're interested in aptera you can probably find the latest little bit of news you know he's, he's got posted up in there but that's just cool so anyway he had this post with all these different photos that they had released of the new design and it looks good i think jason hill is their designer he was with them originally and he's back with them again Nice. Yeah. So from, from the forum perspective, I mean, do you have analytics as far as how many people are using these forums on a daily basis? Like, do you know how popular they kind of are or is it just like each people, each subset has its little niche? Yeah. I mean, I, I can see. So I look at analyt, analytics 360 through Google and that kind of tells me my overall traffic. I could dig into that deeper if I want, but you know, I'm pretty busy with everything I do. Um, uh, 
Yeah, because you're not just running the form. You're also a community moderator. So you do a lot of comments throughout the site. Like you, you, I think what's really unique about inside EVs and motor one, but I would say even more inside EVs is we can write about a very controversial topic. You guys can cover a really, uh, you know, important piece that might have split view, whether it's Tesla or a Tesla competitor. And I think like the people, the users of the site generally are very, um, you know, sort of calm and they share their thoughts, but that takes a lot of work from your side to keep the, vi you know, that viewpoint looking that way. Because right. well, we that moderate it pretty, sorry. Go ahead. That's fine. I was just going to say we, we moderate it uh, inside EVs pretty heavily as far as the comments go. Um, I just, the tradition that's the way it's been done there. So, you know, as, it's, as I think it says at the beginning, you know, no insults, no swearing. So, if you do too much of that, you'll get banned. And I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so. Uh, I mean, from a daily perspective, you're really an integral part of that. We also do the the weekly podcast for Inside right. EV, which is now having bonus shows, which is really exciting going into an infrastructure series. If you're into electric cars and you don't already, make sure you check out the Inside EVs podcast. But I'm pretty sure everyone who listens to this already knows about it. Um I guess, Dominic, can we talk more about your personal interest? Because on the show, on Inside EVs, people have gotten to know you and me and Tom, but only a very small portion of us and not not really where our genuine interests lie, car related or not car related. So I guess, you know, what, what I'm really curious, and I've never asked you this, if you had to buy an electric car today, you know, money, no object other than Rimat's Nevera. Which I know will be number <laughs> one. You know, we're talking, you know, reasonably uh, yeah. expensive right. mass car consumer car, maybe. And not not hypercar level. We're we're right. you know, you can go up to 150 grand. What um what what would you be bringing home? Man, that's hard. That is hard. That's a very difficult question. Man, there's so many great cars right now that I like. I like Porsche Taycan. I like uh even Tesla Model S was kind of nice that I got to drive in. Uh, yeah, so we drove in the Taycan 4S. You were in the Cannonball car. We took it out to Key West yes. together. Remember that? Yes, I got to drive that, that one. Yep. And oh, no, you, I, got to, I drove the Audi GT. That was what I drove in California with y'all. Right. Yeah, you drove the RC-tron. Yeah, that was, that was all right. I, I, I prefer the Taycan more than that. Um, then, you know, the Rivian R1T or the R1S possibly. But I like a pickup truck. So if... It, yeah, I have a two-car garage, but you know, if I could narrow it down to just like the one vehicle, it kind of be a truck, because then I could, you know, load whatever up, kayaks and camping and whatever. It'd be great. I mean, uh, Kyle, so. Kyle knows I'm obsessed with two-car solutions. So if you filled your garage, what would what would that look like? I mean, a Rivian, and then what would what would be your almost sporty counterpart if you care about the sporty driving? <laughs> I think I think the Rivian. Well, I mean, this Rivian's already pretty sporty driving. Yeah, I'm is. very curious what the uh, the the GMC Sierra EV is going to be like. I have mm. a feeling that's going to be pretty nice. And uh, yeah, but I mean, I kind of like the Rivian because it's a little bit smaller. I've always liked the smaller pickup trucks more than the big pickup trucks. So I drive a Ranger. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, I don't know. So small, sporty, man. I don't really make what I want yet. I don't think. I'm in the same I want, boat. I'm on a convertible. I'm on a two-door two, two convertible. I really want a Tesla Roadster, <laughs> the old one even, except yeah, no, maintaining like, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. 
but even that's like a target top. It's not. Yeah, it's not a full. Convertible. I want full, full open. Yep. I don't know. Maybe I would hate it. I don't. I've never owned a convertible. But I've rented them a few times. Oh, <laughs> and, I, I will always own a full convertible. And um, yeah, they haven't made my car yet. But I don't know. I, I mean, even the other day, me and Kyle saw a Beetle, and I was like, an MEB based Beetle full convertible electric car. That would actually intrigue me a bit. It'd yeah. be weird and quirky. Like the, the, it's right there for Volkswagen. They can yeah. two making, doors, right? They're making the bus on the MEB chassis. They mm-hmm. have the ID three adapted on MEB. Just take the rear doors out, give it a drop top, and we have the new MEB Beetle. Why not? Yep. Yeah, I think so. You should work uh, for Volkswagen. That would be my license plate. It would be MEB Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> and the well, super nerds would get it. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's call Herbert right. himself. I'll give him a ring right now. Say, hey, yeah. dude, yeah. <laughs> make the beetle. Yeah, the dice. Um, yeah. So I guess when you, you owned your Spark, did you buy it new? Like how long have you had uh, it? No, I bought it uh, secondhand. Um, it had like 9,000. I did a lot of shopping around. I think it took me like three months to find a deal. I was like torn between the Spark EV and the Fiat 500D. Mm. Um, it took you me a while. Right to... Because the Sorry? 500E, you made the right choice. The 500E is interesting but the spark is a much more serious package i, I think it's fiat i mean it's the yeah the fiat 500d is a little less robust mm-hmm. uh, say <laughs> well little... it's funny i had i had a fiat 500 um, okay not the e right. just a 500 and the it was a very robust car except for the electronics so why would i want a 500 that is all electronics <laughs> right yeah, I mean, so far I've been pretty happy with you know knock on wood with this with this car. I, I mean, I really like it. It's kind of it's fun to drive. You know, the steering wheel, the fe- steering feel feels great. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of zip for in town. Um, small and compact. You can wh- whip it around anywhere. Uh, and nothing's broken on it yet, really. I mean, nothing. I mean, it's got the battery. It's 2015. And it's got the original battery in it. It's like this original 12 volts, which is bizarre. I'm, I'm waiting for it to strand me. Like I almost replaced that. So I had a little diagnostic light come on uh like last summer sometime mm. like it's like oh i wonder if that means my battery's about to go but then it didn't and so and then it went away it's like, okay well I'll just keep on driving <laughs> that's perfect so, that's the best yeah. of these cars is you just keep going and then yeah. when they do break it's really generally pretty simple yep hopefully <laughs> i mean that would suck if it wasn't i think we'll be sending you the smart car if it does break we'll get you down that thing yeah, so I got I got really lucky on this one. So it was like a nine thousand dollars, and it had like nine thousand miles on it. Wow! So it was, which, and it was in a couple of years ago, so it was like a little bit newer. Yep. And so, so I met, like, well, today you could probably sell it for more than that. I could probably sell it, for, yeah, for at least that. Well, put even new tires on it, and then I could sell it for give it a full charge, add another new. couple bucks on top. So yeah, I charged it the other day, and it's starting to warm up in Fred, in in uh, Tallahassee, and. So Wait, new, did it ever get cold? Yeah, it gets cold here. It's chilly here in the wintertime, I learned. When I first moved here, I was uh, really surprised. Um, yeah, it gives below freezing at nighttime sometimes. Wow. But range in the cold? My, my range will drop to like 66 miles. Hmm. Basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I'm just looking for pictures. Are you ever going 66 miles anywhere? Airport is probably the farthest place, right? Yeah, if I forget to charge, you know, you know, oh, do fair. a couple of things. Are you have you put in a level two at your house yet? I have. I finally plugged it in. I had the plugs. I just, you know, I just charged this thing off of one ten for like the first two years, and then last fall I had a two forty outlet put in that I could plug in this EVSE, this electric. What is it called? 
electric, electric vehicle, vehicle supply service equipment. supply equipment. Right. Stupidest acronym ever. <laughs> Charger. Even it's, it's a home good. home charging unit, basically. Yeah. So anyway, I plugged it in. After, it got warmer the other day. Oh. 81 miles of predicted range. Whoa. Right. Can and go across brand, the country. And it has brand new, it was like, well, brand new, seven years, six or seven years ago, it was at 83 miles. So that's not well, a whole lot of degradation. Right, it's not super accurate now. No, yeah. I need to I need to measure it properly with uh, what you put put something in the OBD two port, and then there's some software. Things you can see what the cells are actually doing. Right, and then you got to drive it from full charge to where it doesn't move anymore, and log how many kilowatt hours you could pull out of it at low speed with with low acceleration. Um, I guess you know back back when when I was at your house, it was a few years ago now. We, I saw the Spark EV, but. Uh, it was having issues with Electrify America back then. Remember, Sparks like didn't communicate right. for some reason. But I think that's fixed now. I mean, so John Neff, who we talked about before, he had a Spark EV. I think he's got rid of it now. But he successfully DC fast charged at Electrify America up in Ohio. And I did try it here a couple times with no luck. But then he did his like successful charging episode. And but I haven't tried it since because you know it's across town, like the Electric Fire America fast chargers. It's I don't go over there too often. When I do, I don't need to charge because it's not that not that far away, you know. I'd be curious though, you should swing in and just see if you can get it to activate and charge on some of the newer software. That would be an interesting story, I think, is you know, we've gone from zero successful se sessions to two. I I think that'd be a great thing to talk about on the podcast. That's true. And I believe I do have some uh, video footage, poor video footage for my first like ill-fated attempts still on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. But let's put together a little podcast segment on that. I would say just run over next time you're there. Just, you know, obviously if you don't need to charge, that's what you want because it may not. Uh, but it, right. and it also could be dependent on the Electrify America hardware. Certain hardware, you know, in Ohio could be different spec than what you have because they have two or three different manufacturers of uh, chargers that they use. But right. um, I'd be really curious about that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're living, you're a living, breathing example of why not everyone needs 200 plus miles of range. Cause that, right. that's an interesting thing that's been very present lately amongst all the, especially the non EV focused car groups that I'm in. Someone will post something about an EV and they'll say, Hey, what are y'all's impressions? And it's usually a combustion car owner commenting saying oh that thing only has 210 miles of epa range it's trash right and it's like i don't know i it's 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 interesting to hear people's arguments back and forth over mm. and over of how much range do you actually need right i mean it all depends you know how how much range and where are the fast charging you know facilities and where do you drive a lot so Maybe for some people it still won't work. Maybe there's not, you know, fast charging where they need it to be yet. I mean, it's it's coming, but um, it's it's we're not quite there yet. I don't think there's still big stretches out by you, north of you in Colorado and in, in Wyoming. There's you know, it's impossible to get like even today, even though they're building in the network needed. But you know, this this will get completed soon. But I think there there's another big glaring issue that's becoming increasingly more apparent to me especially as we're starting to see this wave of new vehicle launches, they're all crazy expensive. Rivians are now a hundred grand maxed out. Tycons are a hundred grand maxed out. You know, the, the cheapest new electric car in the U S I think $30,000. Uh, Nissan Leaf. Nissan Leaf. I think it's below that. Yeah. 27, yeah. something like that. 20 for, grand. 
27 like yeah and you could probably get you can probably find a chevy bolt ev for that as well if once they sell them again <laughs> yeah so so but the problem then is is like that's still 30 grand for a new car it would be right. great to like i think we need a really freaking cheap city electric car for people that just has 110 charging that's totally decontented we need like the ford maverick approach to evs because right. the, the the thing that really sucks about uh, electric cars in america for for people is and and i don't want to go on and on about this but it's okay. we have massive subsidies for electric cars seven thousand five hundred dollars for each electric car but like it's tax, not that's a tax credit hit. though and people yeah. who buy cheap cars can't take advantage of it thank you that's, that's my so point weird. it's like we're only helping rich people drive nice cars right Where, where's the benefit to anyone in that what it should be is either cash on the hood so everyone can take advantage of it or we really need to put some effort into making i think a very affordable short-ish range electric car and or, or both. crazy over here so um volkswagen just brought back the e-up in europe that's yes. they're very that's a very no, that's the kind of car you're talking about it's kind of like the uh like my spark and actually the spark would be a great car to bring back to in, in electric form i'm not sure why gm did away with that so much but i think it, you know if they could sell it cheap you know why what not about this wuling hong the ching something no, that's too that's too out there wouldn't, wouldn't pass uh crash testing here i don't think okay so that's the thing because there was this wave of candy ev excitement you remember this and i'm right. still the only independent journalist to ever drive a candy ev for review yeah uh, I don't know <laughs> how they thought they could do that yeah. well they were so convinced and you know i was still pretty early on in reviewing cars and i'm like oh you'll pass crash you're convinced great we'll put that in the video now i would never do that i'd be like call me when you can sell this thing and um you know that you live and learn of course but but uh right. that was an interesting proposition because it was going to be like 10 or six thousand dollars uh in colorado ten thousand dollars in other states that didn't have a state credit of course you'd have to make the money to qualify for the federal, but at least the state is cash on the hood. Right. And I thought that was going to be transformative. Level one charging had pretty good range, drove decently for the price. And like that really was exciting to me because then it's like it, it accomplishes really three main topics that I think are really underserved. First is from an emissions standpoint, I think a lot of wealthy people don't mind spending a couple extra thousand dollars to have a fun toy to commute around in and do their errands, whatever. So that's reducing their emissions. But I think that's the least important part of what that car can do. The second is, is it really can be a great financial tool for someone who owns a combustion car to purchase this as their everyday inner city commute to work. And then they have their combustion car for long trips because you couldn't just own one as your only car if you do business outside of town or go see family. But then right. there's a whole nother category of people uh, that, that literally cannot afford to own and operate a vehicle, whether it's a used vehicle uh, that, that requires maintenance or right. a new vehicle insurance. requires financing, insurance, all of these things. All that stuff. Cars are expensive, man. Holy cow. And yeah, insanely expensive. And so I thought like, okay, for, for 10 grand or something like this, you could finance it for, I don't know, $70 a month with insurance. You're into this thing for, you know, 150, maybe depending, you know, driving records. But I'm like, that's a pretty manageable thing for someone making, 
you know, sort of minimum wage who just needs to get to and from work. And I think in Europe, they're way ahead of this. They have the Citroen Ami, which I love because it's so quirky and interesting and whatever, right? But it really does serve a purpose of being cheap transportation for people right. who otherwise may not have been able to drive it. And, and I think we have no solution to this right now in the U.S. And it's a big gaping hole in the car market. But not to go on a ramp. I don't need to go no, on. No, that's that's fine. I, I mean, it's a good point. Yeah, th there is like the the uh, equivalent of like a, a Nissan Sentra or or a, or a Chevy Spark, uh, non EV, which they still make the Chevy Sparks. But you know, not I don't. I'm not sure how much they cost. But you know, twelve, thirteen thousand dollars, like basic transportation, like nothing fancy. I think know. we really need something under ten, and I think it's doable. Man, I don't think, but we don't, we don't have any gas cars under ten though. Yeah, I think it's doable. Golf okay. carts are under ten, and sometimes you can use well, golf somewhere. carts. Yeah. So yeah. so anyway, it's, I think history Georgia. I think yeah. Let's go make a cheap car. Should be easy, right? It'll end up being two hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll we'll raise our prices seventeen percent. Just before. anyway, it's just it's a shame. And then you know we get into to charging these cars, and that's you know a topic we've been covering a lot on Inside EVs, which is yeah. how do you make charging better than gas from an experience side, from a cost side, but then also, um, you know, that just works and, and that is ubiquitous. And that is a topic that no one's cracked the code yet. Right. Well, I mean, just starting with the plug and charge thing, right? Yeah. Plug and charge. We have the EQS that just got dropped off. Speaking of cheap and inexpensive cars, the mm. new luxury Mercedes, <laughs> but this just got dropped off. It has plug and charge. We'll be doing some charging oh, tests nice. with it. Which um, EQS? It's a 450 plus, which okay. is the rear wheel drive, big battery, but it has snow tires. So they didn't okay. send an all wheel drive to Colorado. Right. Of course. Strange. Because why would you do that? Yeah, because that's not like it snows in Colorado. And this is, <laughs> right after, snow? this is right after we had the, uh, the hot weather Land Rover Defender. Right. With, with no <laughs> off-road capability. <laughs> and Land Rover sent the least off-roady version of their vehicle to the place with the most off-road trails. Oh, man. Did you take it off road? No, because it didn't have anything. <laughs> we drove around to the mall. That's what people yeah. are gonna do with it. Soft roaded. <laughs> okay. But we they are, we actually had another one that that had all the off roady stuff, so we can't complain too much. But it was just so, such a weird spec to arrive. Do you have snow there now to take the EQS out in? No, it was oh. seventy degrees and sunny today. There's snow on the ground, but not on the pavement. Right. Right. I guess you'd have to go off road, but then you, can't, you don't really want to take the EQS off road. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I do not want to put a scratch in that car. That no, thing, no. Yeah. Mercedes wouldn't be so happy about that. I don't no. think. Oh, so nice. you, what with the EQS? <laughs> are, are you enjoying it now? I mean, you've had, you've been in the EQS a few times before, but yeah, I've, I've spent, you know, a couple hundred, maybe even close to a thousand miles in EQS at this point. Okay. I drove this one two miles today and then when I got home, Blue had a medical emergency. We had to rush him to the vet, so it's just sat in the driveway all day. And um, but yeah, he's fine, which is good. That's good. Accidentally got got into too much medicine, and we were worried he overdosed, and he did. And they they we got him there in time, so a crisis averted. But Blue, what I thought may have been a five or six thousand dollar visit was only three hundred bucks. So oh, we're good. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was like, here we go. I know, I know that feeling. Life I'm joking. We would pay anything for him. Blue, come Wait, That's the thing. Yeah, you would pay anything. It's just like, it just hurts afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> here he is, nice yeah, and healthy. Puppies. After his big scare today. <laughs> so, does this EQS have the big hyper screen across the front of it? Yes, it does. I believe okay. they only have one media car in the US without it. 
and okay. um, I don't like it. I yeah, I'm actually in the same boat. It's it can be fun and gimmicky. Like when we were out at the out of spec summit thing we did in California, right? I had Drew in the passenger seat, and I was like, Drew, would you please enable my massaging seat? And he was like, Yes, sir, right away. And he got on his screen and turned on my massaging seat, and you know, it was like you know, a fun passenger seat butler situation, but like there's no he could have done everything on the center screen right it's got a center screen on the on the right <laughs> arm there anyway right you could do all that so, there if you yeah, don't really need one in front of you but but even like a cadillac and that's one of their the hallmarks of the new cadillacs now they're going to have screens from pillar to a pillar to a pillar it's going to be all screen so can you tell us about this cadillac thing you went to in uh, uh everywhere more in more in michigan at the tech center in the design dome gm design dome Wow. If they just spent that much time coming up with these names, they could <laughs> they could build a pretty good car one of these days. It was kidding. pretty nice. It's like a big round kind of room with a dome ceiling. And, you know, you walk in, it's kind of like a, almost like a church. It was very quiet. There's only a few of us there. And they had the uh, so they have a, a portfolio of concepts called the Halo concepts. And there's three of them. There's uh, inner space, social space and uh, personal space. <laughs> and blue the, fell off the couch look he's he's trying to get back up now <laughs> blue, what's going on blue he's drugged up a little bit he's going crazy blue come on get up <laughs> our audio so, listeners are missing out yeah, anyways so the, come on, buddy. So, so the personal space is like a hovercraft kind of situation one person thing it and it's all autonomous there's no steering wheel or controls it's all voice operated or maybe gestures you know, can, you, I, can you think of no, a scarier no. thing of being airborne in a vehicle with no controls? That's very true. It's like being at an amusement <laughs> park because you have no control. But then it's like in 3D world where anything could go wrong. Yeah, it's kind of, you put it that way. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit concerning. I don't know. It would take a while to build up my trust level and I guess the public's trust level as well. Well, so, they have to make it first. Was there anything like material that was there that's going to come soon? Well, the most material, so they had the inner space, which was a huge, you know, big coupe. Uh, and it also had no controls, and it was pretty cool. And, it, you know, fancy doors and uh, opening roof. But the closest thing to that coming is uh, uh, Celestique, which is a four door, but it's also big and long and, you know, luxury, awesome. It's going to be, and it has its steering wheel, at least. So, you know, all the stuff that you're used to, but. It, to me, I really like the Celestique. It's it really harkens back to older Cadillacs from like the seventies and sixties. You know, big and long, fancy tail lights. Yeah, we uh, need more pizzazz in the world. I think you know, you and I have spoken about this. Where you know, I'm not not so much into concepts, but I what I do appreciate is that an electric vehicle architecture from a design perspective allows for crazy new, unimagined designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and shapes and i think um you know everything from bringing back the american land yacht from the 70s in today's interpretations i think the eqs by the way is the most full embodiment of the american land yacht uh to happen because it's so squishy it's so comfortable there's not much sporting cred there um yeah so so i think there's a lot of opportunity but i guess just because we're sort of getting near the end of our show can we talk a little bit about your I guess, interests, your predictions, where, where is this all going to go? Where are the areas that, that electrification needs big focus in? Cause I know we talk about it every week on a very micro level, but what's your macro pull back a little bit 
full scale thought. Where it needs to go. Well, we really need this whole supply chain issues to go away and get back on track with lowering prices because battery technology is advancing and um, prices have been coming down over, you know, pr- batteries were like a thousand dollars a kilowatt hour, you know, 10 years ago. And now it's like around a hundred dollars. So that's like a tenfold improvement. Right. Um, so that's going to continue. I think there, it will have, have again, I think we should be able to see $50, $50 a kilowatt hour in the, within the next, you know, I don't know, five years. I would hope. Do you think that's with current battery technology or is this with some? No, as, as it improves, it, you know, because the more batteries improve, the less raw materials you need to hold the kilowatt hour of energy. And then hopefully we'll see other improvements like cold weather improvements and better performance and faster, the ability to take, you know, charges faster, um, better cycle life. You know, de- degradation is not too bad now. But, no, it's um, not. Yeah, it's not, it's not really that big an issue. It's more energy storage that's, and speed to charge, you know, because I'd love to see like five minute charging, you know, megawatt. You see this new phone that came out today with this five minute charge, apparently. Oh, really? It's 240 watts into a little phone. It rips. What phone do you know offhand? No, but Marquez was tweeting about it. It's pretty impressive. Okay. Yeah, yeah for context, the iPhone charges at like 27 watts max. Oh, really? <laughs> like you can watch this thing in real time go 54, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9%. It's just... It yeah, rips. mine's not like that fast. I just got this this phone and it's... The S22. The Ultra. Is there Ooh, a big ultra guy? Yeah, no, yeah. the ultra is like bigger than it has oh. four cameras instead of three. So it's just in higher and res on the other oh. cameras. I got it because it's got great cameras. I think a big Apple. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know from Apple. Yeah, but Dom can do a 30x zoom. Well, 100x zoom, but it's terrible. But the 30x zoom is impressive. I was, Dom, me and Kai went to Best Buy the other day and I was <laughs> pl- playing with the S22 Ultra and I looked up, pointed at Kyle's face. I should have sent the photo to myself. And I used the 30x zoom, and it was amazing at how clear his face was from like a hundred feet away. That's a sight wow. no one wants to see. <laughs> I so I saw some really nice pictures of the moon shot with it. And I was like, oh, so they had some. They did that last year with the S21, whatever, and they looked pretty good. But this one is even whatever. Anyway, it's it's a phone. It's I'm very happy I got it. Got it. Nice. But, uh, so, but batteries and charging cars so yeah cars we need to get over this um supply chain crunch which mm-hmm. it looks like with the conflict in the ukraine and all that kind of stuff going on it's going to make it exasperate the whole situation it's like we're in like hell but it's uh, only going to get worse to be honest i think well, going forwards gonna be uh, bmw just shut down their production line and dingle thing because they couldn't get wiring harnesses from ukraine right yeah well hopefully It'll at some point get better. You know, it can't always be getting worse. I mean, I like to be a little. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. 100%. It will get better. I hope we will return with some sort of normalcy. Although even today, Rivian made their announcement where uh, if you want your quad motor, you know, battery pack, the one that you put a reservation for, sorry, you're out of luck. It's what, $15,000 more expensive? It's a bit more for sure. They, uh, they didn't yeah. they didn't really message this that well, but I believe there's also uh, first edition buyers are still saving some money. It's still like five thousand dollars cheaper, I think, for first edition buyers. But it's, they're still paying more, even those guys. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, whatever. Look, you gotta do what you gotta do, but that's gonna be a huge loss and a huge PR nightmare for them. 
Yeah, but yeah. we do need like uh, so we need you know, cheaper batteries, and I think Tesla might be beyond something with the LFP batteries, the liquid, uh, the uh, liquid, the um, iron phosphate batteries, which are a lot cheaper to buy. Uh, they don't have the, quite the performance of, of regular batteries, but they're a lot cheaper. So you could, so the places that really need the reductions, I think, is uh, like India is like a one country that's you know huge and it's got terrible besides the whole carbon thing they have terrible pollution in the cities it it kills a lot of people every year and to have like small cheap 100 mile lfp battery runabouts you may not even need that much if they just put little plugs everywhere 110 outlet they probably have yeah. 230 volts so you put little shuko plugs everywhere whatever they'll get three kilowatts which is probably fine for like an electric tuk-tuk and yeah. actually um we should have a conversation about that because jordan you and i know someone uh who, who who runs the building where our office is in um who is was heavily involved in working on reducing inner city uh pollution and direct emissions from these types of small transportation two-stroke devices yeah yeah, the Philippines has a, has a lot of those tuk-tuks as well, and uh, there is an active sort of electric vehicle kind of scene in in the Philippines, you know. But, uh, but and we're yeah. seeing innovative things come out of it. We're seeing these new scooter companies come with uh, sort of a rental or a, a subscription model where you can pull the batteries down and pop a different one in with battery changing stations and right. a lot of Ogoro, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of advancement. And, and just a lot of like throwing ideas at the wall. I'd be, I really don't know what's going to stick and what not, what's not, but by far, I, I hope you would agree, Dominic, this is the time to cover this world. Yeah. Because- it's a really good time. Yeah. We were a little back in 2008 was a little bit early and we were yeah. like scrounging for news and any little, you know, a leaf Nissan leaf had an accident somewhere. That's, we're writing that up. That was newsworthy. <laughs> it banged into a, you know, I don't know, a parking structure or something. I don't know. Anything. It was, there was like no news. So everything got published. But now there's like a lot. There's a lot happening that, you know, you just can't cover it all. I got stuff coming in my email inbox all, all day long. I was like, mm, I can't really do anything for you. Yeah. You know, yep. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's a great great time to be alive great it's exciting and scary. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of, of stuff's lot. happening but um you know we're we're happy to see what you're doing in the industry and we've enjoyed partnering alongside you especially kyle and dom on the inside EVs podcast and well maybe we should talk about that really quick dom do you remember because we had martin on this show a few weeks ago and we talked about the oh, early really? days uh yeah we've had the whole crew we we've had john martin you okay. tom and so I guess, you know, do you remember, because the Inside EVs podcast, I think really is something special where we have developed this incredibly engaged audience that I think, a good, I think a good, a good audience, yeah. Yeah. Each one of us brings a different angle or viewpoint in, and sometimes we make arguments just to make arguments. Um, but what, uh, what is your impression of the podcast and how it started and all of that? What, what? I mean, did you expect it to be that good of a show? Well, no, because uh, as you can tell, like watching this this podcast, I'm like I'm not a really great public speaker. Like I get tongue tied, I twisted, and you know I, I forget. I, what, I can't part of the charm. I can't come up with the words I want to say. You know, <laughs> uh, whereas Martin is like a professional BBC, you know, DJ broadcaster at one point. Um, but yeah, so we, we, I guess we got a sponsorship or something and, but for a podcast, but we didn't have a podcast. And so they asked for volunteers and I'm like, 
no one was raising their hand or anything in in the chat and it's like well okay i'll give it a shot <laughs> yeah we'll try it and uh yeah and then it was the we're still with the original starting crew of that show aren't we yeah. 100 episodes which this will go up after it but this week is a hundred episodes of that show i've That's had to look at your face for t- almost two years uh, i'm sorry <laughs> No, yeah. I'm just kidding. It's been my great. My face looks a lot different like two years ago, too, because before the pandemic, I was like short hair and no beard. Right. I think I was just started because the show just started, like, yeah, I just at the start of the pandemic. And, uh, and now you've gone full rock star mode. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking getting... at videos of you performing. And, and that's one thing. Maybe we should have you back on to talk a little bit more about music because our show isn't about cars specifically, it's about anything. But I think okay. it'd be really great to talk about some of the songs you've written because I listen, I'm a fan, I listen to the music often not just uh, on occasion. And so it's in the car when I drive around. I, I really enjoy it. And you, you make some wonderful music. Uh, I need to do some proper recordings. Yes, let's do that. Let's get, we should do, oh, I got an idea for an EV road trip, Dominic. You and I, we need to, we need to jump in a Cadillac Lyric because it's named the Lyric because there's most amount of songs named after Cadillac. That's right. A musical themed road trip in the lyric where we go around to different recording studios, underground recording studios, not famous ones, people that have, you know, in the community developed their little things. And you record a different album or different song on your album across the country. And we road trip in the lyric. That's a great idea. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> what do you like about it? I think that's a great I mean, idea. well, just recording is like a, a bit of a process. So that would just be oh, okay. me and my guitar. So to record something properly, you know, we have to bring out like a bass player. And I have a bass player I'm, I've been working with. How I'm many seats bass. does the guitar hold? So, pardon? How many? Is it a seven seater? It's five seater, right? Well, it's only going to be a three seater with an electric, ba- with an upright bass in the back. You put it on the roof. <laughs> There you go. Another idea I want to pursue is like maybe we find the quietest electric car and then put a couple microphones in it. And then uh, I think it'd be fun if Dom and I did like a, a recording on the spot without planning it and just being like, this is recorded within Exynos car. Well, we Whatever. got the cars, the EQS. It's yeah, yeah. Or BMW iX. I heard that was very quiet. IX it is. Very quiet. So e-tron, EQS, iX, and surprisingly, Mustang Mach-E and Ionic 5, all very quiet, but like EQS is a whole nother level, I think. Yeah. But what's a little bit awkward for, for recording might be is that car has active noise cancellation. So I'm not sure of the actual noise levels. It's canceling a lot of the outside noise. Which is should be all that matters. But yeah. Well, we've uh, about reached the end of our show. Oh. But uh, Don, we really appreciate you coming on and we'll have to have you back, like Kyle said. Yeah. Uh, we enjoy having our friends on to hear what you do and what you'll do in the future. So yeah. Um, for those who want to find Dom other than the, uh, you know, open mic nights, wherever you might be playing um, Dominic underscore Y on Twitter. Of course I'm Jordan underscore Schieffer, Kyle at it's Kyle Connor and um, out of spec on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one. Take care. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.